0: You want to achieve great things, you want to reach the next level, well so does every other entrepreneur. You know what that means? You have to take every competitive advantage possible. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show where we're going to show you how to create this competitive advantage by being more productive and sharing the secrets of the world's top performers. I'm your host, Kenny Aronson, and I think it's time to get down to business. Imagine a worldwide guild of forward thinkers, entrepreneurs, Christians, Muslims, atheists, and people from all walks of life who share ideals of love, greatness, and community. This is the vision of Glenn Tobias, who I have the pleasure of introducing you fine people to today. Glenn is a serial entrepreneur, he's a coach, a former pastor, and a visionary. Today, we're going to discuss the following. Here's a, a little quick sneak peek for you entrepreneur, achieving greatness, and his vision for a worldwide guild of high achieving men. I'm, a, I'm very excited for our conversation today. So you know what, let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's not waste any more time at all. Glenn, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, having me on. Glenn, the pleasure is all mine. I'm very excited for our conversation today. And to the listeners out there, this is a pretty special episode because today marks the first episode after our rebranding. So the old name of our show, as any of the the previous listeners who have listened to the show and any new ones out there, welcome to the show. But the show used to be called the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast. And today is the first day where our new name is Let's Talk Business. So that's exactly what we're going to be doing today, Glenn. We're going to talk about your experience as an entrepreneur, what your vision is for the future and what things you're going to be doing. So, Glenn, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about your story, your experiences, and what you've been up to in the world. Sure. Yeah, thank you. So, <clears throat> I'm, um, I'm a
1: 62-year-old uh, male. I'm, I'm average height. I'm average almost everything. Uh, and I think that's what creates the greatest... Leverage to do amazing things. Um, I, I wish I could recall the author at the moment who Said that you know extraordinary things are done by average people doing extraordinary things yeah, that's that's my paraphrase of it. That's not that that's not the quote done correctly, but I'm always eager to help people understand You were called to be amazing. You were called to greatness uh, and and the the imagination that your creator has for you is typically so far beyond anything any of us can grasp now I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself. you asked me to to talk a little bit about my background, but you know hey that, that's that's kind of me that you give me a chance to say something, and that's what usually comes out <laughs> um i have my 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 wife and I have ten children um the youngest is finishing up high school. We have uh, we have three grandchildren that you can observe, and one more that will be born in another month or so, and then I have uh, my oldest son and his wife are adopting a child from India, so we will get to meet little Ankush in the next uh, hopefully in the next eight to ten months. So I guess in a way I have five grandchildren. Uh, I have I have uh, been part of running. Several businesses for over 40 years, and um, was was a pastor of a small church a number of years ago. In fact, that's I I met my wife uh, as when I was the youth pastor in that church, and she was in the youth group. So I married her right out of my own youth group, uh, but with her parents' permission and so forth. Um, And that's probably as you know, if I go any further than that, I'm going to bore your audience. There's not any, there, there's really nothing particularly special about me in that regard, except I think I have a pretty special vision that I think one day is going to touch a large part of the world.
0: That's awesome. And we're definitely going to be talking about that vision. So why don't we just start with a little bit of an introduction for your vision? What exactly is your vision, Glenn?
1: Well, as I have watched um, and and had some growing concerns about culture, <clears throat> and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay away from political sides of this, but but uh, I'll give you well let let me back up and don't an audience don't worry I'm not gonna subject you to 30 years of stuff, but let me back up about 30 years ago. I remember driving uh, in a, a rainy evening. My wife and I were, gosh, I can't remember where we were going, but um, fairly newlyweds. And there was a person, uh, it turned out to be a lady, I couldn't tell at the time as we pulled up behind them. There was a person whose car had broken down. So the first thing we came to was uh, this this traffic backup. We didn't know what it was. As we got closer, we could see there was a car with the flashers. What I noticed was one car after another going around that car. And I would say about every second or third car, somebody was angry. They would beep, uh, they would flip the person, the bird, whatever. As we got closer, I realized it was an older lady whose car had broken down in the rain. And, I remember turning to my wife and saying what what's happening to our culture that we were the I don't know how many cars had gone on beyond before you know we're we're the 8th, 10th, 12th car since we got to this traffic jam to get to this lady and not a single person has stopped to say can I be of any help now I'm kind of old fashioned so it was a lady to me that's a bigger deal but whoever it was whether it's a guy that's broken down or you know a teenager it doesn't matter somebody was broken down and nobody stopped to help they were in a rush uh, and i can imagine there might have been one or two of them that probably thought to themselves i've got to get to the hospital a loved one is in the hospital or you know I'm, my car is almost out of gas if i stop now i'm going to make things worse and there may have been a few legitimate excuses but i became gravely concerned at that moment and the the move backwards in in many aspects of society towards a more almost barbaric mindset has been of great concern to me there are of course amazing bright spots all through society of wonderful things happening and people helping other uh, other people. There's a great deal of that, but there is also a loss of a a respectfulness, personal responsibility, and many people that just kind of live in a void of, you know, they don't have any personal vision for anything they want to do. That's above and beyond working your eight hour day, going home and playing video games, going to bed and starting that process. Over the next day I believe one element I don't want to trigger anybody I don't want to upset anybody I'm not saying through this that men are more important than anyone else but I believe one element one area where I think I may be able to help is to help men recapture what it means to be man to be male to to re- capture masculinity and all that goes with that and as we have a chance to talk I'll want to clarify some of the things that this vision is not because it's easy to hear some of this and assume a lot of things that are negative and and that's not where we want to go with this now I can go on or I can give you an opportunity to jump in and redirect or clarify as you see fit
0: yeah definitely i think you have an amazing vision glenn and i think you have i think you have the right idea i've noticed the same thing as well and one of the things i know that it's a study that's been done people have kind of observed this and i'm not sure of the accuracy or if you know anything about this but pretty much as a as a rise of social media and the internet <laughs> has happened so has a rise in narcissism do you think that that's related to the problem that's out there right now oh absolutely a-
1: absolutely and and part of that challenge is uh, men by nature, while they can be wild and and violent and and I happen to be one of those people that believe you know if somebody's got me by the throat and they're holding a knife to my throat and and um, they mean to do me harm, um, I need a good person to come there and possibly be violent on my behalf. So violence is not always a bad thing. Um, you know, th- there's the, and I'm going to get to your comment about narcissism, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk in law enforcement and in the military, um, categories like that, where there are the, the, the sheepdogs and and the wolves, and sheepdogs will run right toward the violence as well. But they're there to protect, and they will do violence if necessary. But then there are those that just want to attack and tear and so forth. So m- men can tend to be w- wild. They can be violent. They can they're they're always after a challenge. But at the same time, there is a side of mankind or men that desire to serve. And for those, for that servant aspect, what has happened over, I think, probably the last at least 40 years, and it, and it may have been developing before that, that men have been told, hey, you've gotten too wild, you need to calm down, you need to stop being the, 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 the um, adventurer, the, the, the guy that says the last four guys have run across that field um, during, a, a, during wartime, you know, four guys before me have gotten shot, but, but they won't get me. I'll get across there. You know, it could be categorized as, you know, not that bright, but there's a time and a place where we say, thank God men think that way that they, you know, somebody is the one to make it be able to scale that height, cross that field successfully, get through the get through the minefield, whatever that case might be. And so, what happens as we as we tell men to sit and be quiet, or to calm down, or to stop being so wild, there there tends to become a, a, an an incessant amount of and an excessive amount of introspection. And the more introspection goes on, you know, some people refer to it as staring at your navel, but the, the more that happens, the more we end up with, um, we begin to think, well, could my life be better? Why isn't, why don't I have this? Why isn't there that? And there, and there does tend to become a narcissism. Uh, I think that's part of what is happening in that, in that context, does any of that make sense the way I explained that?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think you're you're onto the the right point. I, I never really thought of it as the the sheepdog and the wolf analogy, but I think you're you're totally right in in framing it that way. That seems to make a lot of sense to me. So let's say that we we go through, we get the guild running, and everything is going good. <clears throat> to you, what do you think the ideal outcome would be?
1: Oh, the outcomes are are immense. So. <clears throat> First of all, if I may, let, let me just talk a little bit about what I envision as a structure uh, of the guild, because that will play into answering the question about the, about the outcome. Um, the The envisioned structure of the guild would be a matter of, um, and the terminologies are, are up up for grabs. I mean, you know, that's not, you know, we don't have to end up using these terminologies, but, but the, <clears throat> the structure of the guild would be a, a, a board of governors. Uh, now we, those of us, those, those that are working with me on this concept, we haven't really finalized. How, how do we determine who is that board of governors at, at, at the start where we are now at the Genesis, it's going to have to be those of us that are starting it. And then, you know, a great leader always, one of the, one of their first tasks is start working on who's going to replace me. So the board of governors would have to work on right away, how do, how do we get quality people to take this position and we step away from it, which protects integrity and so forth. But within the guild, we would have... Uh, Say, for instance, a college, well, let's go with what you do, a college of podcasters. Now, within that college of podcasters, there might be people that do podcasting full-time. That's their full-time income. Uh, There might be people that podcast on the weekends. There might be sports podcasters and, and gardening podcasters and philosophy podcasters and MMA podcasters and NFL and whatever broad range of people, but they're all podcasters. They're all men, and they want to be good at being a man. And within a, within a simple but very powerful set of principles and values, those podcasters would say, as long as we all subscribe to some of these transcendent yet a- ancient principles and values like justice is important, mercy is important, humility is important, you know, valuing, understanding first and then understanding. When we employ these six to nine key principles and values, then from then, whatever kind of podcasting you want to do, that's up to you. But but the guild is about being, how do I be a man and apply being a man in this role? There may be a college of fathers, college of grandfathers, a college of bankers. There may be a college of bikers, a college of skiers and rock climbers and anthropologists and, and mineral researchers, um, explorers, you know, whatever group of people of men there can be there would be a college for those now here's one outcome that can come from all that and and this would circle back to the new title of your of your podcast here let's talk about business imagine a worldwide organization and there are organizations that do something similar to this and and, and honestly this concept comes from the ancient guilds as well imagine if you were a banker and you are looking for somebody to write copy for you or you're a banker and you thought you know what a great way to advertise my new bank is to get on some podcasts so i'm gonna i want to i want to get on a business related podcast but you know what i don't want to get on the wrong one i don't want to get on a podcast that reflects poorly on me. So if I'm getting if I'm going to look up a podcast and I can find another guy that's in the guild of men, because I know that to, to stay in the guild, he has to subscribe to these certain principles and values. He, he may pursue them a little differently than me, but at least I know he has that value that is, or excuse me, this foundation of values that is, similar to mine. And so, so at that point, you begin to have a very powerful organic networking process that could add a great deal of uh, benefit to, you know, various business people or, and it, and it may not always be business. It's just, I need, I want to find somebody who is also interested in this particular thing I want to pursue. Um, so there's there that in my mind would be a powerful benefit uh, that would be an outcome of the guild. On a more philosophical, maybe a grander scale, the statistics are clear. And people may get upset at this; they may like it or they may not. But the statistics are clear that the role of a father in homes and in communities. Is irreplaceable. Now, now that can also be said about about mothers, but but um, somebody else will have to pursue that. I'm pursuing the International Guild of Men. So we want to build the art and the craft and the science of being a man, and rebuilding what that can do and and will do and honestly must do for for culture and society.
0: Glenn, I got to say, I I really, really like your idea. Like, I'm not like it. I love your idea. I think it's fantastic. I think there's such a a huge need for it. And I got to say, I'm super excited. You know, I want to see this come to fruition. But such a huge idea, something that's so world-changing, there are always going to be challenges. So what potential challenges do you see for your vision? And what are you going to do to overcome these challenges?
1: Wow, what a great question. (laughs) (laughs) So here, here, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write challenges and how to overcome. I'm gonna write that down in front of me because I know my propensity to get, get talking about something and before we know it, I'm gonna be like, how did I get here? Why Why are we on this? <laughs> yeah, so, right, so good challenges. <clears throat> well, there, there are a couple of challenges. Uh, ones that are obvious. And and honestly, this exact challenge is part of the reason that the Guild of Men has to happen. Um, When I say it has to happen, whether it happens through me, I honestly don't think this is going to get anywhere close to the vision I have for it in my lifetime. So as I said earlier, you know, a, a good leader, one of the first things they do is besides helping an organization keep moving and growing and looking toward the future first thing is who's going to take my place so i am already looking for those people that say i'm i'm ready to buy in and you know you're going to hand me the baton well before you're on your deathbed but um i th- this is a vision that's too big for my lifetime which by the way is one of the things i constantly preach to people is hey if your vision isn't too big for your lifetime then it's not big enough so Um, But back to challenges. One challenge clearly will be, and and I'm going to just address the legitimate part side of of what I'm about to say here. There are are grossly illegitimate self-serving sides of this, but there are, I, I, I couldn't even begin to guess, there are myriad men and women today that have become seriously persuaded um, that women have been mistreated, that men through time have been been greatly privileged. And I'll interrupt myself to say, of course, of course you can find many examples of that uh, throughout history, there's no question there have been many times when when things were unfair um, to women and to children, but honestly, there have been times in history when things have been grossly unfair to men. So I, I, I'm hoping, and this, you know, I don't I don't mean to keep jumping topics, but this actually goes back a little more to outcome. I'm I'm hoping that as men grow in a healthy, balanced understanding and application of of what real masculinity is, that we will be able to sort of reunite a big part of the human race in in grasping once again that, hey, life isn't fair to humanity sometimes. And, And sometimes men get hurt, and sometimes women get hurt, and sometimes children get hurt might be the elderly it might be the youth those things happen and let's work let's let's pull together to make the circumstance the enemy and not one another um so i i i um i remember a little uh uh well we didn't call it that we didn't call them those in, that in those days but it would be like a meme today and it's it image of a newlywed couple in this particular circumstance but it could be anybody and somebody was throwing bricks at them and the meme showed you had two options you could take those bricks and build a wall between you or you could take those bricks being thrown at you and you could build a wall around the two of you and so that's what i'm you know it's kind of that mindset i'd like to see men honoring women women honoring men um, you know, this this is not a MGTOW, you know, men going their own way um, philosophy. I'm I, I think to a large extent MiGTO is nothing more than just re- reversed reactionary. It's just feminist. It's just extre- extremes of feminism for men, and that's not true of all of it. That's not true of all MiGTO proponents, but but there are some that it's, you know, it's just sort of the thumbing their nose at women, uh, you know, oh yeah, well, we'll show you. Well, that's not solving anything. So there are going to be those though, you know, uh, so I I took a long aside there and I apologize, but back to the point of the challenges, there are going to be those that genuinely are persuaded that life has been unfair to to the, the female sex, Um, So, for those, there's going to have to be a period of time, I'm persuaded, that men are going to have to say, you know, whether whether it was our fault or not, it doesn't matter. This is part of what being a man is. We need to bear up under this load. And if it takes us one year or five years or ten years, you know, we have to gain your trust. I don't think it has to take... Certainly in individual circumstances, I don't think it has to take 10 years, but, but it, uh, on, a, on a larger scale that all of us can see on a cultural basis, I, honestly, I don't have a guess right now the kind of time that's going to be required to, to build some bridges of reconciliation <clears throat> between men at large and the, the sincere feminist movement at large. Those that are insincere, or just, you know, have gone over the top, are filled with anger and resentment for selfish reasons, or are, or are using people like that, manipulating them. Those, are, they'll have to go their own way. I can't, there's nothing much I can do about them except hope to win them over as well eventually.
0: Thank does, you. For, does oh, that government. part of,
1: does, well, I was going to say, does that part of what I'm saying. Have I, have I expressed that well enough that it's making some sense?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that I, I agree. There's, there's a lot of challenges out there. And you, you spoke about how, you know, people have been treated unfairly. But I think the world is so chaotic. There's so many possibilities. And, you know, sometimes, you know, nature can just be cruel. Do you think that life is ever fair?
1: No. No. And you know what? We wouldn't be happy if it was. Um who is it uh tony robbins that says that um happiness is is best described as progress so what is uh, my kids have all played sports and we've watched many a match you now a bunch of them play rugby uh they've done you know they've played some different including our youngest daughter uh, She's actually out of college on a, on a rugby scholarship, so she, she plays rugby as well. But, you know, we've watched matches where we've been beaten by 20, 30, 40 points. We've watched matches where we have won by 20 or 30 or 40 points. Those are not the exciting matches. The, the matches that are exciting are the ones where it's give and take all the way through the whole match. It's just a battle to the end and in the last five seconds of the game, somebody scores that winning try. Those are the matches you remember. Those are the matches that, that you know, the ones that you win by 50 points. You, you know, who was that team? Where were, which field were we on? I don't even remember. Was that two years ago, 12 years ago? Those, those go away because they don't mean anything. Without, without inequity that we have a chance to overcome in some way, we're really left with this blah life that we weren't designed to live.
0: You're totally right. Glenn.
1: So having a chance to say, here's an inequity. I have, I have the opportunity to stand here and find a way to do something about this. And that's part of what makes life fulfilling for all of us
0: yeah I think the challenge is that makes it exciting it makes it kind of a a journey you, you never know exactly what's going to happen because you know it could be it could be good or bad, but I think that's something that's motivating you know because you you have variety and I agree you know progress that's what I like to see that's what I like to see personally, and I think that's what everyone likes to see so Glenn, let me ask you a question. What do you think are the next actions that we can all take to help make your dream a reality mm. um send me an email and
1: kick me in the butt to get this thing moving faster and quit being worried about how people respond. Okay. Maybe that was too transparent, but, um, (laughs) you know, I think, I think the people like you that have podcasts that have some way of reaching out, I think people like you that can help Well, in answering that I'll I'll give a second answer to the challenges question. One of the great challenges is men that I talk to that that hear what I'm talking about and I don't know whether it's because I am describing it on too grand of a scale to start off with or whether it's what many of us do these days of just like, ah, that seems like a lot of work. I don't, you know, let me just, let me go back to my frog in the pot thing here. Um, I think that the more we can get a voice out in various communities saying, men, you are important. You are incredibly important. You have value beyond your wildest dreams. Even for a lot of guys that I, that I meet that are, that are doing great things, I still get a sense they don't really know how important they are. They don't know the impact that they are having right this moment. And as I often say to people, you're always planting seeds every day. You're out there planting a seed. That part you can't avoid. Whether you do nothing or do something, whether you speak negatively, speak positively, treat people well or don't, you're planting seeds of one sort or another. You don't have any control over when they're going to come up or what the crop is going to be. The only control you have is what seeds you're planting. So I'm hoping to help people understand – help men understand how important they are to our world, the impact that they have on culture. And a lot of guys go, Glenn, I'm not good at talking like you, or I'm not comfortable talking like you. I was telling you that, that, that you don't need to be. That's, that isn't the point. The point is for you to do the the good things that you should be doing. And in a moment, I'd like to talk about the importance of that word good and how it means a lot more than we may think it does. But to, you know, to answer your question, what can we be doing right now, I, I need to enlist more and more thought shapers that can help me say, you know what? If we could bring together five men, 500 men, 5,000 men, 5 million men all over the world and start coming together saying, you can be whatever faith you want to be. You can have whatever occupation, whatever background, your accent doesn't matter. Your skin color doesn't matter. None of those things, but if we can adhere to a simple but incredibly important list of, of values and principles and say, whatever it is you do for a living or whatever your life is about, if you can apply these things, you're part of the guild of men. And we then develop, we continue working on this just like any guild. I mean, we're, we're a guild and our art and our craft is being men. And however else that materializes, that part's all fine, but this is what being a man is about because that's the part that's transcendent. So I need people like you to help me to do what we're doing right now. And that is get word out there that this is not the most outlandish thing in the world, that it is in fact very important for us to move towards a better world. There were so many um, trite phrases in there. Forgive me for not being more creative, but...
0: Hey, it's all good. I I, I love your vision (laughs) though. I think you you have a a really good point from something that you said. You know, To get to five million people, first you gotta get to five people, then 5,000, then 50,000. So I think starting with something small, getting those first few people, and then really letting right. you go from there is the, is the way to go. Because Glenn, how do you climb a mountain? You do it one step at a time. Right. So what I right. want to do now with the show is I want to take a little bit of a segue and I want to talk a little, about, a little bit about entrepreneurship. So Glenn, you're a serial entrepreneur. Why did you choose to go down the path of entrepreneurship? Uh, I think, well, I think
1: some of that came from... My father was in business for himself, um, and then when I was – well, you know what? To this day, it's still true, but it was it was uh, probably true in an unhealthy way. When I was younger, anything my older brother was going to do, I, I wanted to do. Now, w- we've realized as the years went along, maybe I would have been better suited to – to to go some other directions from an occupational standpoint. But my brother and I have been partners in two different businesses over 40 years. And while there are plenty of times that he and I will butt heads on operational, tactical issues, but when it comes to the most important values and principles in life, there there is nobody that I trust more, uh, respect more or honor more highly than my older brother, Craig. Um, he's just an amazing man. So, um, you know, my dad raised me until I moved out of their house and my brother sort of took over raising me and keeping me from driving into too many ditches after that. But I I gotta say that there are times we've made good money. There's times that that business has been a little bit lean and we've had to reshape and revamp what we've done. But, but I enjoy the, the personal flexibility. Um, and, and I've had plenty of times where I'm working longer hours than I would like to. And now, now that some of our kids, most of our kids are adults, there's a number of them that have said to me on many occasions, dad, why don't you just go get a job where you can be off at four in the afternoon and I'm like you know i just I, I i like the idea that if the bus is going to get out of the ditch i'm the one that has to figure out i have to make the right connections i have to find the right people i got to drive the bus and and uh, there's a certain satisfaction to me of and and, and, uh, and honestly it's it's nice to be able to say my kids have an early ball game today And I'm well aware I'm going to have to work this evening to make up for it, but I'm going to take off at two and go watch this ball game. I can't do that every day, but there are days, most days that works out okay. So I like the flexibility, but I like the one saying I'm driving the vision. It's up to me to make it or not. Um, And that's, that's why the entrepreneurial life is interesting to me.
0: Very good, very good. So, Glenn, you have a lot of experience in entrepreneurship. What do you think is the most important lesson that you've learned so far?
1: Having a long-term vision is very, very important. Um, My brother and I owned uh, two gas stations and an 11 base shop at one point in time. So, so for us, that was a pretty big operation. We had, I don't know, 30 or 35 employees altogether. And, you know, and, and honestly at, at that level, you're not making a bad income. I mean, that, you can, you can make pretty good money at that point. So, um, that was really interesting, but it, w- we built up to that slowly. We didn't jump right into all of those at one time. We we um, we we worked our way into a 50 50 partnership of one of the gas stations. Eventually, bought that owner out. Um, you know, just kind of kept expanding that way. But but the part of the 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 thing that, that we always would watch, we'd see a, oh, a a guy our age, and he'd go driving by one of. In fact, I vividly remember this happening he went driving by our one of our our main sort of home base stations one day and he was driving by in a convertible jaguar and i remembered saying to my brother we were it was a lovely day so we were both taking a break standing out in the parking lot he drove by and i I said what is he doing right that we're not because we weren't driving jaguars at that time that's for sure And, and my brother said, well, just give it time. That's all he said. And he turned and walked away um, which, which he was brilliant at doing that. He would make these comments to me that I didn't get at the time. Well, it wasn't long before we found out that that friend of ours had moved back in with his parents. His, his business had folded up. Now, does that always happen? No. Sometimes they get their Jaguar and they keep moving forward in life from there. But the point was he, what happens to many many people in business and i believe this whether you have an internet-based business a brick and mortar building uh, you know a, a, de- a delivery business or something where you go to the client whatever the case it doesn't matter when you are in business massive amounts of cash can flow in from time to time that part i don't think is it has changed with anybody there are many internet related businesses that have folded up because people didn't realize, Hey, some of these subscriptions I just sold, these people may cancel or they may, they, you know, half of them may write back in and say, Oh, I'm going to take you up on your 30 day offer. I want my money back. So, you know, or, um, in, in the construction business, you see this happen. I mean, massive amounts of money can come into your account in a real hurry because you're dealing with these bigger projects. So you can have a client that's writing you checks for twenty and thirty and $40,000 at a time. If you're not planning ahead, if you haven't budgeted out for that next year and then have a vision for two or three years where you want to go, then the the struggle you run into is you take that money and you say, well there's no way this isn't enough money for me to buy a new truck, take the family vacation we wanted, get that as as we joke about get that big screen TV I've been needing, um, what, whatever the case might be, the, the, you know the, the 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 trip to take the family parachuting, or parasailing or para whatever you're, you're going to do, and. The next thing you know, there are some unexpected expenses that come in. So I always like to tell younger entrepreneurs, take it easy on the money. No matter how much comes in, yeah, I mean, sure, take some vacations, take some breaks. You, you, need, to, you need to have some recreational time for your body and your brain to re-energize. That's all fine, but don't try to look like the wealthy business person. Just be the person you are, however wealthy you are, let that be behind the scenes. And and the time will come where you'll be able to say, okay, now I've got three years under my belt. I know a little bit about the ebb and the flow of the money. I'm still very new in business, but a longer term vision is what gets me through. So that's a really, and it's just, it's very down to earth. It's not super esoteric, but boy, don't. Don't go out there and overspend because the expenses in business, um, they're more delayed than a household income and they will catch you off guard and can completely knock your feet out
0: from under you. Thank you for sharing, Glenn. So you you have a lot of experience, we know this, and we know that you have a, a huge vision for the Guild of Men. Do you have any more visions or goals for your entrepreneurial career right now? What's going on in that part of your life?
1: Well, I, I am actually working on. Um, I'm actually working on an extension. So one of the one of the things I do on the side is I coach individual guys in kind of recovering. So guys that are, you know, within 15 years either way of my age, mid 40s, late 60s, early 70s, anywhere in that range. I coach some guys that are, that feel like I tried this, I tried that, you know, I tried the stock market. I tried being in sales. I, 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 my marriage failed, my finances failed, my, whatever the case. And, you know, it's too late. It's just too late for me to, to be meaningful now. And so I work with some guys like that and we have kind of a, after working with enough people, I've, I've seen a pretty clear pattern of, okay, let's first figure out this. And it's not very long for most of these guys before they're back to understanding, you know what, I can't ignore, I mean, you know, my loss has happened. Whatever happened, happened. i made a mess of things, but, but I've re- I, I now know I may not recover from some of those things, but that doesn't make life at this point meaningless. So, so from an entrepreneurial standpoint, what I'm developing right now, and I'll actually be launching it pretty soon, I hope within the next 30 days, uh, you know, have run the first launch and see where we go with it. Uh, I'm developing a, a program that will be, you know, sort of a, like a closed Facebook group, so to speak. Um, very very reasonable monthly fee basis, and it'll be like that, a coaching program. And so we will have the nine most significant categories of a man's life, and sort of a, here, here's a recovery, maintenance, and visionary moving forward aspect to those nine aspects of a man's life that, that he needs to have under control and in place. And so one, one of the things that we'll be doing is walking guys through w- what we call clearing out all the accounts. Uh, and so, you know, you, you take a six-month period and you say, I'm going to reach out, whether I can solve the problem right now or not, I'm going to reach out to all those people that I've put on a list that I would be terrified if I bumped into them in public. I don't want to see them in an airport. movie theater. You know, I had a fight with them. I owe them money. Whatever the case, we're going to get that account cleared out and out of our head and know that we have a plan for it. Hey, the guy cursed me out when I called him, but I had a script, and I was able to say, look, you know, I understand you're mad, but just hear me out. I would like, when you're ready, I would like us to be able to move forward and at least reconstruct a civil relationship, and let's say the example, I, you know, look, I, I know I owe you $1,500 and you've been chasing me and you finally gave up and you're furious at me. I want to work out a plan. I don't have $1,500 right now, <clears throat> but I want to work out a plan to start paying you back. It is amazing what that does for a person to get all of that garbage off of their back, out of their mind, and then one of the other activities we work on is, what hard thing are you doing right now? Um, every guy needs something that's hard to do. I I get in the shower every morning. I don't let the water warm up. I just step in and turn the water on. It's cold. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it, but I'm not going to let myself quit doing it. Now, I do let the water warm up when it ever warms up, but I'm usually done washing my hair by then. There are guys that, that are working with us that are doing things way harder than that. But what's something you do just to challenge yourself? And then we've got another great one, another program that is what secret are you keeping? Now this is a little different counterintuitive from what people would think when they hear that phrase. What we're saying is go find something to do that's noble, honorable, self-sacrificing, may not be fun and you're doing it for someone to someone whatever the case that probably can never pay you back and you don't ever tell anybody about it it's your secret you don't breathe a word about it it's just you do it because it's the right thing to do the difference that we see in guys that start to go through a program like this it's literally life-changing. And I've got letters from guys just saying, you know, what, what, what this stuff that Glenn is walking me through has done is just, you know, I, I feel like a new person again. And I don't say that to toot my horn because these are principles, you know, most of us don't really have any original thoughts. We, we garner wisdom from others and repackage it and try to make it useful to somebody else. So that's where, you know, we're turning that into a launch and a and a, a, a coaching group. And we'll see how that goes.
0: Awesome, Glenn. I wish you the best of luck with doing that. I can't wait to hear about how it goes and all the success that you have with that. So Glenn, I don't want to take up too much of your time today. I, I can't believe it's already been, I think it's been about 50 minutes so far. So time is really, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but Glenn, if you could only leave the, the audience, I'm sure there's a lot of young entrepreneurs or professionals out there. If you could only leave them with one piece of actionable advice to take with them right now, what would it be for you? Sure.
1: The the one piece of advice I would leave is Wayne Gretzky's fabulous quote. You know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you never take. And you, it does not matter what it is in life. Um, you know, and we've all heard this a thousand times, this is nothing new, but that's probably what makes it such a great piece of advice, is you hear it from people with experience over and over and over again. <clears throat> what you're going to, at the end of your days, what you're going to look back at and, and regret are the things you didn't try because you never know how it would have gone. And if you fail, you know what? Life is a long haul. It's you know, uh, who was a Helen Keller that said the the person that takes no, no accepts no challenges is at as much risk as the person who takes them on. So who better than Helen Keller to, you know, to, to give us some awesome advice in life about taking risk? Um, you know, the, the, the woman who was deaf, dumb and blind. So, she, you know, when you, when you just say, gosh, I don't, you know, should I try now folks, Don't go do something dumb. Don't don't jump into business and you haven't put together any resources. Don't go quit your job and you've got nothing in the bank to back you up. Don't don't do dumb things. But if there's something that you have on your heart you want to do that you think adds value to the world, get out there and do it. And that's and that's the last piece of it I'll say is add value. If you forget about the dollars, and this is scary to think of it this way. A lot of people go, oh, but how can I, you know, it's, it's the money I'm after. You know what you want the money? Add value to people. If you add value, people will be knocking at your door to get whatever you have.
0: Glenn, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with me today. I, I learned a ton. I've been, you know, super, super into the interview the whole entire time. I took a, a whole bunch of notes on my pieces of paper right here, but Glenn, if the listeners want to learn more about you and the Guild of Men as well, where can they find you at? Where can they find more information?
1: Um we have a website that we're just developing, so there isn't much there yet, but I'll tell you what I'm gonna do and I should have I should have been well, I've had a busy week. But but today I'm gonna to go put a no strings attached. I'm not you know, you're not gonna get bombarded with stuff, but I will put a um Sign up page on thereturnofman.net. Make sure it's .net. There's a .com out there, and it's it's not bad. It's just about something else. But thereturnofman.net, and I'll I'll go stick a page on there that uh, where folks, if they want to learn more, hear more, they can put their their email address on there, and I'll be glad to. Initially, I'll just get in touch with them personally. I don't I don't even have a MailChimp account or anything like that at the moment.
0: Thank you, Glenn. So you guys heard it. The return of man.net. If you're interested in the, the guild of men, make sure you guys check that out. And wherever you're listening to this at, I'll make sure to leave a link in the description below. And if you're you're not listening, if you're listening to it in the car or something, just remember the return of man.net. That's the return of man.net. So Glenn, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Let's talk business. I greatly appreciate it. It was amazing to speak with you today.
1: I enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you so much for having me on. And I will just take, uh, take it upon myself to say I'd love to come back and visit
0: with you in three or six months and we can update what's happening. Glenn, that would be fantastic. So, to the listeners out there, I hope that you guys also enjoyed this special episode as well. The first episode where we just launched our rebranding where it's Let's Talk Business. And to everyone out there, make sure you guys remember that you miss 100% 100 of the shots that you never take. So thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Let's Talk Business.